Hey everybody, this is Tina again with Good Nurse, Bad Nurse, and guess who's back? Hey Q. Hello, hello, hello. We are just going to probably make this at least a, what do you think, monthly thing, Q? I would, at bare minimum. This is my favorite <laughs> thing. I love this. I it's, love this. Bare minimum monthly thing I'm about that life. <laughs> All right. So with that being said, I just want to welcome you guys. And for those of you who don't know Good Nurse, Bad Nurse, we just like to have fun on here and uh, tell a few stories. We talk a little bit of news, nursing news or or whatever, just kind of something medical related. And then we get into talking about a, a kind of a bad story, crime, true crime sort of story. And then we tell a good story. And whichever medical profession we tend to be um, picking on that week, we try to <laughs> try to balance it out. So if we're telling a bad doctor story, we try to tell a good doctor just, story. <laughs> and I, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but I love how you always end on a good note. It's a good way to end. Oh, thank you. I yeah. I enjoy that because usually when right? I do my research for the stories, I I do focus on the back one, bad one first. So I'm, and, and I'm I really deep into the stories, and it, it can get a little bit. Dep- depressing sometimes because just oh, they're so dark you know yeah, yeah, it could get a lot depressing really quickly sometimes it with these stories. Can, i know and i read uh, all the different accounts it's not like i just yeah. go to one so i, I watch all the video every video that's available i read every story and so by the time i'm finished i'm just like this is so dark so then when i go find the good one it's like oh thank you lord so there's <laughs> there's at least you know a light there's a somebody light out there right yes and so, someone's doing their job that's <laughs> Yeah, and the thing is, and and I've said this before too, the the good people of the world are always there's so many of them. There's so many more of those than there are the bad, thank goodness. Right? Yes. Right. Yeah. So we're going to get started with a little news story. The story that we found actually came from a listener, a good nurse bad nurse fan who who messaged me. And you guys please do this. I love to hear from you. I love it when you send me messages and say, "Hey, I found this story." Or if you have like a hometown story, somebody near you, sometimes people will do that. I love it. We need all the stories we can get. So definitely message me. You can send me a message on Facebook. You can send me an email. Go to our website at goodnursebadnurse.com and just click on the feedback or Tina at goodnursebadnurse.com. Whatever you want to do and just give us your stories. And that's where this one came from. And it's actually a story from CNN. Yes. (laughs) So the the title is a little weird. So on CNN, it says a black hospital patient went on a walk with an IV trip. (laughs) A security guard thought he was stealing medical equipment. (laughs) What a weird. (laughs) Tina, I can't lie to you. Like, if I didn't know it came from CNN, it sounds like the beginning of a really bad joke. (laughs) I mean, like, what is going on in this story, right? Just what is going on? Just right off the bat. I couldn't figure it out. But what, what I mean, when I first saw that, I am just like you. I thought, is this, I didn't realize it was CNN. And I thought, is this some kind of weird website that's like not legitimate? And it was CNN. And I thought, that's just a weird kind of almost like clickbaity type of. A, exactly. Of a, you know, yeah. it's kind of like, oh, what happened? To this is terrible social injustice. This is a, a little over the top, I felt like. Oh, yes. <clears throat> Talk about it. But then when I got in the story, I kind of get it. Like, it, it doesn't sound like it's that much when you talk about, well, a patient's trying to leave the hospital or maybe getting off the going off the property. Um, and, and that's what happened is this guy 
was basically trying to walk off the property and he had he he was in his hospital gown and yep. he, he did have an IV drip hooked I don't know what kind of drip it was but um it could have just been fluids running or whatever it was but he did <laughs> have some sort of uh drip running to his IV and he's walking I guess off the property and I know that some hospitals you can't, they will not allow you to smoke on the property. So if you want to smoke, you have to literally leave, go to the edge of the property. And I don't know if that's what was going on or if he was legitimately trying to leave. I, I kind of, I don't know. If somebody was trying to leave AMA, you would think they would just disconnect it. I mean, right. Would, they would. What yes. do you think? So I think he probably intended on coming back. But then for yep. whatever reason, the police went up to him. And what he said is they just walked right up to him. And the first thing they said is, you stealing this? Like, that's the right. Really? <laughs> that's what you say? The first thing that's out of your mouth is, are you stealing this? Like, are you stealing this? Yes. That's, and that's where I get like, okay, I see where they're going with this. Because when you stop and think about it, if, if it were someone else who maybe looked a little different than he did, would you really approach them that way? Or would you maybe say, hey, it's a patient. Right. Let's not be like hardcore, like first things, you know, like, let's, <laughs> let's find out what's going on yeah. before we jump to conclusions. Are you stealing that? I, what? That's wild. Why like, would who, he be like, stealing a <laughs> IV pump? Seriously? Why do you have to word it that way? Right. Um, so I have I have a lot of thoughts on this. Right. So from the get, like, I just want to know who the nurse is, who's taking who's part of this healthcare team that's letting this patient go out with his IV pole, yeah. his Johnny. Like he I mean, he's a patient, patient, patient. Like you guys, if you're just listening to the podcast, if you look it up, you're going to be like, this is ridiculous. This man's walking around with his gown on. Right. <laughs> um, so I want to know who's the nurse that okayed that. Yeah. If he's if he's actually OK for him to walk outside of the hospital with his pole like you said if you wanted to take a smoke or something then i start to get a little frustrated with the way the the cops handled it um so like i don't know if you've seen this happen but in like recent history there's been a whole lot of these kind of stories like barbecue becky and like all these these um black folks that are just doing regular things everyday things and getting the cops called on them i i've seen a ton of these um stories um but the issue is, I feel a little bit different. Like, I don't, I'm not as mad as the people who call in the cops. Well, and it said that they called the police and, the, I guess, security called yes. the police. And they said that there are three black, three black males attempting to steal medical equipment from the hospital. I, right. Well, I think there was a black man who was... Um, a patient With, <laughs> who had a mm-hmm. who had clearly yes. had a hospital gown on and was and had an IV and a and and tubing hooked up to an IV pole and was probably walking you know to do something off you know close to the edge of the property and then he probably had friends with him and that's why they thought that yeah. they were stealing so that's a weird like way I, to word that it really is but I just I don't know I I never I'm not upset at the people who ever call the cops I'm, I only get upset because. You can't expect everyone to be the most, you know, liberal. Like, if you feel some type of way, you feel some type of way. You mm-hmm. call the cops because you don't want to cause the problem, right? So you call the cops to come there. I get mad at the police officers because it's the police officer's job. They should know better. To de-escalate everything, right? If you come in there, guns blazing. Yeah. Are you stealing? I need to handcuff you. It's like, what? what is going on, mm-hmm. right? 
if it's a ridiculous call from a ridiculous person saying ridiculous things, mm-hmm. obviously this patient's not stealing the IV pole. Um, <laughs> then it's the cop's job to be like, oh, this is a ridiculous call. Please just go back in the hospital or tell the security guard he's taking the smoke. Relax. Right. But handcuffing him. That's just ridiculous. I, I feel like he he showed up or he or she. I don't know if it uh the police officer was male or female, but they showed up looking to just, it's almost like they showed up looking for trouble. Right. Because why would you word it that way? Yeah. And that's what bothers me Mm -hmm. about the situation. Yeah. This is, it just sort of, you know, this whole thing is very silly to me because this is something that just happens. Patients try to, I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but you look around and go, "Where's my patient?" <laughs> right. <laughs> Where's the my second patient? they get off the the second they get off the bed alarm, they're ready to run. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're like, "Where'd I go?" And then you start, <laughs> you start looking for them, and they're like, "They're downstairs." We had a guy one time <laughs> that we were transferring him to from our floor to another floor, and yeah. and somehow decided to. Stop off at the gift shop in between. <laughs> like, how does that even happen? And I'm like, I'm still thinking about the transporter. What were you thinking? Oh, why did you right? take him to the why gift shop? Why do you shop think it's okay? And take off. Take a detour. Crazy. So, I mean, I get it. I get it that people do try to sneak out of their room and they, you know, go go outside. We, I understand. I know people get tired of being in those beds and get tired of being in that one room. And I, I, I have all the compassion in the world for that. I mean, it, it's understandable. Um, but at the same time, we have to do our job, you know. So. Right. There's bounds and reason. Bounds and reason. Yeah. So I guess this, this person left his room, maybe with permission. Who knows? Right. I mean, I just, I'm having to read into it here, but it almost seems like he left and then the nurse kind of went, where's my patient? Called security and said, my patient's not here. I He's supposed to be here. And then security starts looking for him and sees him walking off the, you know, to the edge of the property. And then it just, you know, it kind of escalates yeah. from there. Just escalates. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. Now, whether it was racially motivated or not, I don't know. I mean, who knows what people are thinking, whether I I do think, I mean, I know I'm kind of judging here, but I I do think there had to be some sort of um, stereotyping or or something going on because why else? You know, why else would you say that? Yeah. So like calling the cops, maybe like I would say, maybe it's not, maybe they're just afraid. They don't know if he's stealing. They don't know whatever. Mm -hmm. But when the cops get there, they handcuff the patient. They don't find any drugs, no weapons, nothing, but they still handcuff the patient. Mm -hmm. I think definitely on the cops side, there's some, you know, racial stereotyping. But I, like I said, I love to give the person who calls the cops the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Because when someone feels like they're unsafe, that's what the cops are for. Like, you don't want to get involved in anything you don't want to get involved in. And that's when you call the cops. So I try not to blame the person who calls the cops. I usually put the blame on the cops because it's their job. It's their job to take care of those kind of situations. Sure. If the person, if if your patient leaves the floor and you don't know where they are and you call security and then security's trying to find the patient and then the patient's going, well, I'm just going to go over here and they're just kind of not, not compliant. They don't want to listen to you. You don't exactly. have a lot of recourse. You know, you don't uh, have. Yeah, exactly. So there's not many other options, but the police should know better period. They should know better. They should know how to handle the situation to where it didn't have to take all this silliness and get on CNN. <laughs> 
right. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Take the patient back to his be- his patient room in handcuffs. Like, I, it just makes sense. No. It just make sense. Why? Why would you do that with the, all the overcrowding issues that we have, all the problems? It's not necessary. What is the matter? What's going on? <laughs> Ugh. It's annoying. So anyway, I guess we talked that one. Uh, we figured it out, didn't we? <laughs> yes, yes. We solved the, the whole problem. Facts. They just need to consult us from now on. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be something, right? I'd love it. They'll be like, we've got I'll this really difficult <laughs> we got this really difficult situation. <laughs> oh, I know. We'll call Tina and Q. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll come in with we our capes. <laughs> right? Like I'm telling you, I mean, we put, I, like real talk though, Tina, I feel like we figure out a lot of these cases, <laughs> like these bad stories. Uh, I feel like we do a pretty good job. I do too. I do too. Right? I'm impressed. When I'm listening back, I'm li- I'm editing going, well, dang, we kind of have a point there, don't we? That's a really good point. <laughs> I always say that. I always say that when I'm listening to it. <laughs> okay. So that being said, I, that sort of wraps up our in the news segment. So I guess we could kind of go on into our bad story. And I, I'm so ashamed, but I keep picking on doctors. I don't know why this keeps happening. But when I'm looking for stories, this was a fascinating story. This was really fascinating. Yeah, like I, I know, I know it's been a doctor for the last three times we've did, uh, done it. But this is a super fascinating story. Yes, I mean, like super fascinating, crazy. Yes, I mean, just like every, uh, so many twists and turns, and just like. I, this is like real Sherlock Holmes type detective type of story. Like I was, it was very interesting. If you made a story like a fiction, you know, novel or movie or anything, you know, about this story, and it and you didn't know it was based on a true story, I would be because I, I, I'm yeah. I'm kind of one of those people when I'm watching a movie, I'm like, this is so stupid. You know, I'm just like, <laughs> so I, <laughs> I would be going, this is stupid. Of course, this oh, wouldn't happen, <laughs> but it happened. This is real craziness this 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 doctor is wild this doctor is wild (laughs) okay so first of all i do need to start out with a trigger warning for this one and i um i'm going to try to remember to put this in the description but this is uh regarding some uh sexual assault and rape let's just call it what it is and um so i just want to kind of let people know that because there are some details in here that are disturbing, very disturbing. So if you've had anything like that happen in the past and it, you know, causes you to you know think about things or whatever, I, I would never want to um, be responsible for, for, for doing something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So just letting you know, um, if anything like that bothers you, maybe skip this story and go on to the, to the next one. <laughs> um, so this is the story. Um, well, let's just start off by talking about when this happened. I thought that was kind of interesting. On October 31st, so it was Halloween night, this happened in 1992. That was a long time ago. When were you born? The year before I was 93. I was going to say, <laughs> I, bet <this> was, <laughs> I bet this was before your time, Q. <laughs> one year, one year before my time. Okay, so it was 1992, Halloween night, and a woman by the name of Candace, and, and we're going to use her real name. I, I'm, we're going to say her last name because it's not even necessary, but she has been very open about this case. She has talked freely um, and openly about it. And she uses her name and she's not a bit afraid to do so. Um, but, you know, we, we do want to be respectful of anyone who's a victim of sexual assault because it's just something that 
Yeah, anyone's a victim of any crime. Yeah. You don't want to have to add on, like, trolling and dealing with the media and, like, randos after dealing with anything, really, especially yeah. this kind of crime. Exactly. So I don't want to bring, you know, undue. I, I don't want to be disrespectful to the victim, but she has been very open about this. Oh, yes. And, and, and if you up. do look her up, if you want to look her up, like, I love this lady. Mm-hmm. So if you want to look, if you're interested in the story, please look her up. Because yeah. she's like bad. Like, I really like her. I do too. <laughs> I really do. She's yes. awesome. This, she's feisty. And it happened in Kipling, Sesquim Saskatchewan in Canada. Okay, so I had to do some geography research on this. So Saskatchewan uh, is a province in Canada that is just above North Dakota in the United States. So if you think about the United States, and people listen to this podcast from all over the world. So if you know the United States, North Dakota is at the very, very top of the U.S. and right in the middle. And so Saskatchewan is right over the Canadian border and right in the middle. There are several provinces sort of that run vertical um, across Canada. And Saskatchewan is a large province there. And then Kipling is a city. Oh, gosh. Sorry. I did my research, but I'm going (laughs) to... Somebody in Canada is going, stop it. It is not a city. But (laughs) anyway, (laughs) Kipling is is a city. I will say it's a city. Um in Saskatchewan and it's about two hours north of Dakota so just north of the U.S. border so while working at a gas station Candace is is there and she's working and her boyfriend comes or comes in and they get into a massive argument and I mean for all the all the different interviews that I saw with Candace she describes this as like it was a pretty bad argument. She was furious, whatever he said to her. Oh, no. She did not appreciate it one bit. So she got so upset that she went to the hospital. This is kind of crazy. It's not like he hit her. <laughs> really? I'm like, really? Candace, what is up? She's an intense <laughs> woman. And it's going to take oh, that intensity. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> this is just the beginning, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> and so it did seem like it was kind of a small town. Like everybody knew everybody here. Yeah. Definitely. Sort of same that way. So she kind of like goes to the hospital. She walks, she goes in, talks to the nurse and explains what's going on. The nurse is like, well, I think you should see You should probably see the doctor. And it was Dr. John was the doctor that was on that night. And that's what the whole town called him, Dr. John. Mm -hmm. His name is actually John Schneeberger. And <laughs> I mean, you cannot make this stuff up. That's his name, John right? Schneeberger. That's Schneeberger. <laughs> Jesus Lord. He was born. He was born. <laughs> um, so he's born in. It's now known as Zambia in South South Africa. It's at the time I think it was like North Rhodesia, but mm-hmm. just a couple of years after he was born, it was changed to Zambia, and it's been Zambia ever since. So that's probably what most people would know it know it by. He was a well known prominent figure in the town when she told now okay so I probably need to say this Dr. Schneeberger was was born in South Africa but the area where he was born you know there's a lot of colonization that went on in in Africa of course for anybody that knows their history Um, and so he is actually a European African if that makes any sense he's white yeah and no and um, what's it called 
I was born in South Africa. Okay, so he was born, but he was born there. But he's not. He's not a an Af. He's, I mean, he's African, he's not I African. guess, but he's of European descent. I guess is how yeah. we should say it. He's white. Yes. He's white. He's a white. Yes, dude. he's white. He's he's a white doctor. So just because usually, if you say somebody's from South Africa, that's not the first image that's going to pop into your head. But that's exactly where he was born. He was well known, prominent figure in the town. He he did a lot of really good things. Like when I was reading about him, he worked on a lot of good causes. I guess in the area, raising money for different things, and so everybody loved him. And I guess she probably knew who he was, too. She And I was like, oh, Dr. John's here. Okay. So she told him what had happened and how upset she was. And she says that she told him that she was so upset that she could have killed her boyfriend. I mean, that's kind of... Nowadays? <laughs> I mean, if you went to the emergency room and said you were going to... You felt like you could kill someone... That's pretty much like you're staying there overnight. Like, like, yeah, yeah things are happening. Yeah, you're not. Things gonna, are moving. They're not going to let you go. You have to stay. You're hom- You're homicidal. Right. Um, exactly. So he said, "Well, I'm going to give you a little something to help relax you. This, this, you, you need something to help. You know, kind of relax you." So he gave her some medication. She passed out, and then when she woke up, she said she felt like she had been sexually assaulted. Um, and her memory is very hazy, but she thought she remembered feeling, she said it was like pressure and she sort of described it like when you go to the dentist and you have a tooth extracted and she said, well, you know, you don't feel the pain, but you can tell something's happening. You can feel the pull and the tug and you can tell that they're doing something, but you don't feel it because you're numb. Yeah. That's how she sort of described it. Um, so she knew something was going on, but she was under the influence of this medication. And so she just wasn't sure. And then when she when she finally kind of um, came out of it, she she felt like she had been sexually assaulted. Um, she said that when she did wake up, she's she thought, OK, I'm going to I mean, I can't even imagine having the presence of mind to do this. But she actually right? thought she took off her underwear and put it in a sealed plastic bag that was she must have found, you know, like a, a lab bag or something like that. Yep. And she took that underwear to a rape clinic to have it tested. And they tested her. They did, you know, a vaginal swab. They tested her genes. And they did find evidence of semen in her underwear, on her genes, and in the vaginal swab. And they also found evidence that she had Versed in her system. Yeah, that's the medication he used. So I have so much to say about everything that happened, right? So first of all, starting with the thing that's probably least important, Mm -hmm. but it's incredible to me. Just back in 1992, you can go to the doctor and like just tell them, I need something because I just had an argument and they would give you some crazy, hardcore, sedative type medication. Thank you. Thank you, Kia. What is that is in, going on? Like, I'm like, how is that like a thing? No like, wonder just, we have the drug problem we have. Right? I'm like, this is the like this is how drug problems begin. Yeah. Like you just say, I'm mad, so I need something. It's 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 ridiculous. It's crazy. It's out there. But you know what? If that's what was going on, that was what was going on, yeah. right? But then moving forward, all right. So like to, to the actual thing that happened, um, uh, I do want to mention that at least what the 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 CNN video I saw and like the mini article that I read mm-hmm. said that when she left the hospital where uh, the rape took place, she did not tell any of the nurses or any of the staff at the time, right? Um, that's 
I was questionable about that. I felt like she pro- maybe if something did happen in the beginning when I was going through the story, mm-hmm. I was like, maybe she should have told someone. But at the same time, it's the same place where the doctor works. So I can understand, right? I can understand why she did it. Um, but again, just like you said, Tina, the fact that she had the know-how, like waking up after being like s- dosed so much on Versed that she was knocked out. She woke up knowing that I should put this in uh, a plastic bag and take it to a um, to get a, a a rape kit done. I don't know if it's Canada's sex education programs. I don't know what it is, but that was genius. That was absolutely I know like the right thing to do, the right time to do it, the way to do it. Like uh, maybe she's in healthcare, but that was genius. That was absolutely clap it up. Um, that's the right thing to do, kid. This woman is sharp. There's no doubt about she's it. Very sharp. She knows what she knows. She knows. She knows what she needs to get done to get things done. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, we have talked about Versed before on the show. Oh yeah, we have so many yes, times. I, <laughs> People I, love Versed. It's a whole lot of different reasons, <laughs> right? So yeah, it is. I, for those that don't know, it is a sedative. It, um, it 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 it's midazolam is the um generic name for it it's it's a sedative so it it can treat anxiety it's a hypnotic it it induces sleep but it's not a general anesthetic so it doesn't actually cause you to become completely unconscious and this is something that I, I don't remember what state this was there was a state that has the death penalty Oh yes, you remember I was this? About the same thing. Yes, and they yes, 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 yes. Yes, and they were using uh, said instead. <laughs> I <laughs> right? mean, seriously. I mean, I, like, I feel like at that point, like, I don't know if someone's like trying to like be like just mean, but like you could just read the instructions, read the bottle. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it it's not the med you use when you're trying to. It's yeah. No, it is not a general anesthetic. They should have yes. been using propofol. But I do know that in that in the state where that actually happened, where the the manufacturers of propofol had stopped uh, per, uh, selling per, propofol to the states that it, that were using it to convict or to um, oh execute. to do the death penalty Be- as oh, a, sort okay. of as in protest. Um, <clears throat> okay, that makes sense. And then they were just trying different kind of cocktails. Because mm-hmm. I, I do remember the story, and I feel like I remember it being like a mix of meds and not just Versed. Cause... Yeah, it was Versed, and it was um, probably something like Rock or Vecaronium or something, you know, paralytic. Yeah. And then, um, I, I, I don't remember. But then what uh, what happened is... Um, he, they would be awake. I mean, it's not like they, would, they wouldn't be unconscious. For a long time, exactly. like almost an hour, they were... It was excruciating because it's yeah because it's not a general anesthetic so you know and I it just wouldn't make sense I I don't usually I don't try to get political or anything on here just because I, it's just not what I want it to be about but um, yeah. I'm not a fan of the death penalty I don't mind saying that that's how I feel I feel like everybody has a right to have their own political views and I want, I like to respect people's political views I don't like to condemn them just because they disagree with me but I. I am definitely a um no, I'm not a fan of the of the death penalty and I don't mind saying that I'm not. Um but um this in particular I feel like is so and, and you know some people are just like in their mind well if they whatever they did to deserve the death penalty then they 
maybe deserve to suffer for an hour or so, you know, thinking about. I don't know if that's the right way to go about it. I, I mean, I, I don't agree with that, but that's just me. I don't. Yeah. I, I was just like, why why would we want to stoop to the level of someone? You know, we're not. We're, that's not us, right? Right. Yeah, no. So I, I, I don't know if I'll just put my two cents mm-hmm. in there. I used to be for the death penalty, but like, I'm like, I'm like for the death penalty for like, because like, just, just like, I feel like there's some crimes that some people like, you know. Anyways, but <laughs> I'm no more. And the reason I'm not for the death penalty anymore is because, for example, like this kind of situation, the first set situation. Yeah. And because there's a lot of times we get it wrong. And, That's me. Right? Like, I know. Right? When, if we're yeah. going to get it if we get it wrong once it's one too many and then I'm out. I'm out. You and I'm I out. think but, so much alike because I literally I okay, I just did a um episode with Jamie with First Juno Harm and we talked about this, the death penalty. And yeah. my thing is I I started doing a paper at um, years and years ago when I was in college about you know how like in English or something you have to do an argumentative paper. Um, yes, I was going to actually do it on the death penalty. And I was going to argue being for the death penalty. And I started researching it. And the more I researched it, I convinced I just got convinced myself to <laughs> change my mind about it. I was like, exactly. oh, my no. goodness, this is terrible. Look how many people have been executed or almost executed who were innocent. This is ridiculous. So the, that very reason alone, I, I'm exactly. just like, no, that was- no. Yeah, that was the number one reason I had to say no, no. You can't undo that. No, you can't. Yeah, so that that's me. Anyway, sorry, didn't mean to get all political. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, they so that so they he did he did administer Versed, which is really odd because why would you give someone Versed that's just kind of come to the hospital and had an argument with their boyfriend and is upset exactly. about it? Mm-mm, no, but there is <laughs> doesn't make sense. Yeah, no, it doesn't. And one of the uh, sort of side effects of Versed is kind of having a problem with memory, you know, not being able to remember exactly what's going on, what happened, or they're sort of patchy, like, wait, did I dream that? Did this happen? Exactly. You know, it's just kind of like you're thinking, was I hallucinating? Versed sort of causes people to do that and maybe question. So, you know, who knows? That could be a reason that someone might want to use that, that medication on someone. So Candace did report the sexual assault to the police, but that sadly enough, the people of the town didn't believe her. They said that there's no way he would do this. He is this upstanding doctor uh, in this area. He does so many wonderful things. This is a woman who, you know, works at a gas station. I read an article somewhere that said something like she was, uh, if she if if he was at the top of the of a totem pole and you had like the different levels, she would be the part that's under the ground. Which, oh, Jesus Lord. Which Why are people so mean? People are ridiculous. And I think they're, the article that I was reading, what they were saying is that that's the impression of the people who lived in the town. Not that that's the impression of the person writing the article. I can tell you 100%. Candace is at the top of that totem pole. And this dirtbag is at the bottom. He's at the very, yeah. he's the one <laughs> in the ground. But, right. but you know how people are. I mean, he's a physician. He's, a prominent figure yeah and like yeah that's a good like the fact that you say he's a physician and that, i think that's a huge part of it right because it's just a perspective and and i and I, I don't think it's a bad perspective to have of someone who's a doctor i think a doctor is a very honorable profession right but at every single time every single time why is it when a woman reports sexual assault sexual crime rape any of these things we make it so hard for them right 
at least look into it. At least look into it before we start talking about their below the bottom of the totem pole. Yeah. Like what are like you give the lady a break, please and thank you. Not everyone are doctors, not but right. Well, yeah. I don't blame people for thinking he's a good guy and not thinking he's a rapist just on the first accusation. Let's do let's do the actual investigation mm-hmm. and then make your judgment. Give her the opportunity to tell her story. Right. And give her the benefit of the doubt. It's very unusual for a woman to make a s- accusation like that and it be false. Very unusual. Yes. I know people yes. are like, well, what if they, you, you could say anything. Women do okay. not want to go through the uh, scrutiny that they have to go through when they say something like that and make a claim. And this is a perfect example. I mean, mm-hmm. they telling, they literally said she's the, below the bottom right. of the totem pole because she she's telling someone, I have struggled through an insane crime. Yes. And now you're telling me I'm dirt. Like, it's, yes. it's horrible. It is horrible. It's a very brave thing that, you know, 99% of the time, and I know, what, 87% of all statistics are made up on the spot. But, <laughs> <laughs> but seriously... Right. Very unusual for a woman to make a, a claim like that that isn't true. It's just, uh, it's never going to go in her favor because it's so difficult to prove. No woman, very few women are ever going to, I'm not saying it never happens, but very few women are ever going to want to put themselves through that. It's it's so it's so shameful. It's terrible. It shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't be shameful, but it is. People immediately yeah. question you. Like, so, No. You shouldn't, you should give her the benefit of the doubt. I'm not saying you shouldn't give him the benefit of the doubt also, but definitely just kind of stay neutral. Exactly. Just like you have to hear her out and then let ha- the investigation happen. At the investigation, if you say, I believe him, I believe her, that's, that's very different than right from the get go. Yeah. Start throwing, you know, punches down, uh, at the woman. Exactly. I agree. So, and, you know, you mentioned this earlier. Some people thought, did think it was odd that she didn't mention the assault to either of the two nurses that were working that night. You know, she she came in. She probably, I guess maybe she knew them somehow or knew, a, sort of recognized them, small town and all that. Um, exactly. But then leaving, she didn't say anything. But I like what you said, that in that situation, she knows those nurses work with that doctor. So yes. is she not going to think, well... They're probably going to, they like him, they know him, they yeah. they think he's, you know, so they're not going to believe me. I'm just getting out of here. Exactly. And she went to a different clinic and she did the right thing at a different clinic. I think what she did was perfectly fine. Exactly. She went to that clinic. She had everything tested. She had the wherewithal to, to preserve all of the evidence. And it was all the day of, which I find to be, like, I think that's just incredible <sighs> that she did this so all strong. the day of. She's so, right? so, so strong. Amazing. So brave. So courageous. Well, Dr. John, I guess Dr. Schneeberger or whatever his name is, he's feeling a lot of pressure. So he agrees to have his blood drawn to be tested for DNA. And it came back that it wasn't a match to the biological sample that was taken from the rape kit. And of course, she's she's shocked. Her parents are shocked. Right. Of course, I mean, her parents are behind her 100 percent. A when they, uh, yeah. <laughs> they say a after everything is so awesome. I love I love accents and I love right. you know, things. That, yeah, I was telling that to Tina at the beginning too. I love it. I absolutely <laughs> love the Canadian. It was just as Canadian as it gets. Wonderful. I love it. I love it. But they were so shocked they couldn't believe it. And she was not going to let this go. She yeah. clearly she knew. She knew. She knew something happened. Something happened. She knew something and happened. And he was the only person, yes. She knew he was the only person. Well, 
she knew what happened. She walked into the hospital. She knew she had not had sex. She walked into the hospital. She knew she was given medication. She knew that when she woke up, she thought she had these memories. She took her clothing and went to the clinic. They tested it. It tested positive. She is 100% sure of what happened. There's no exactly. no doubt in her mind. Yeah. So when this happens, she's just like, no, I, I don't care what DNA says. And this is in, ni- what, 90, what did we say, 1992? And yes. This is when DNA is sort of just getting uh, popular of, mm-hmm. oh, DNA, DNA. It was so just if, if you had a DNA, if you had DNA evidence, that's solid. That's it. Case closed. Done and done. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, you have the sample. You have his blood. They don't match. He didn't do it. That's right. who would question that. And she said, exactly. no, I don't care what it said. I know he did it. And she would not let this go. So she keeps on um, going. I, I don't know what was going on, but she just kept on p- putting pressure on him, on the police. He agreed to have his blood drawn again. And this time it was drawn by a nurse under the supervision of the police. And the blood came back as not matching the sample again. So they're like, what are we supposed to do? The, the police are going, <laughs> I understand that you went into the hospital, that you administered this medication, that you took your clothes and, and everything, and that you, you were tested and that it came back positive and that you have said in your system. You know, like they, they got all that. It's right. But they can't deny the DNA coming back. Exactly. Um, so, I, and, and I do want to add something here because we literally just went on a rant saying that, like, you have to at least let the investigation go yeah. before you start um, saying someone did or didn't do it. So, at this point, and like, I'm being serious, when I was watching the CNN story, when I was watching the forensic story, when I was reading through the article, at this point, I started to question it, right? Yeah. I started to question the whole situation. Well, who wouldn't? Be- Exactly, because it's two times. He seems super about, like, I'm willing to give the blood. He he did it on himself. The second time, uh, uh, a nurse did it under the co- um, cop supervision. So I'm like, what is going on here, right? Um, but the crazy thing is, there's Versed in her blood, and there's semen in her underwear. And the reason she came in is because she was in a fight with her boyfriend, so you can just assume that she didn't have sex with her boyfriend, right? right? So... What, where is the why Versed in her system and why how does she have semen in her under on her underwear um, from the rape kit if he didn't do it? So this is like crazy. What is going on at this? point? It makes no sense. It just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make it. It didn't make any sense then, and you know up to this point in the story, it doesn't make any sense now. Like it's just it's completely all. baffling. It's mind boggling. Yes. So yes. she hired this woman. <laughs> relentless she she doesn't have a lot of money i mean remember she worked at a gas station she it's not like exactly. she has like i can just see her scraping her pennies together and hiring a private investigator dad gamut a eh? <laughs> and this pi i love him he she's like hey i just need some dna he he goes and breaks into this guy's car <laughs> what he broke into his car stole a tube of chapstick and I think he took some hairs off, like, the headrest, but it yeah. it didn't have, you know, like, uh, the root or whatever that it would need to have the DNA. But the chapstick did. It had epithelial cells, yes. which is like saliva, you know. And they swabbed it and tested tested it, and it came back a match to the sample from yes. the rape kit. Hello. Ding, 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 ding. 
Yes. I was so happy when this happened, yes. right? Because at this point, like, I was like, maybe she's crazy. <laughs> what is going on, right? And when it came out positive, I was like, yes. Mm-hmm. So now the police are going, well, all right, this is weird. Uh, clearly, they t- <laughs> this would not have happened. She's using a legitimate company that's tested this chapstick. She's jumping through all these hoops. This woman will not let go of this. They are believing her now. Is it, you know, they may have believed her before or maybe wanted to believe her, but just it just seemed so crazy and ridiculous. But now they're like, what in the world is going on? And but they still they can't use her evidence because she got it. Homeboy broke in. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) I mean, come on. We've all seen Law and Order. We've all seen all the shows. We know you if you get evidence illegally you can't you can't do you it. can't use it it's not admissible exactly. you got to get it legally and honestly really even if they could have used that he could just say well that wasn't my chapstick exactly yeah just because it was in my car uh, but doesn't it, mean but it would also be very surprising that why is the one chapstick <laughs> that's in your car positive for the rape that happened <laughs> right. to this young lady but he <laughs> but okay, he has but a way of right. explaining could, away things it's amazing all right so she decides to file a civil suit against uh, Dr. John. Mm-hmm. And she also filed complaints against him with the medical board. So she's just pulling out all the stops. This woman has made this her life mission to keep him, basically to keep him from doing this to someone else. That's what she said was her goal. She was, she could not stop because she was, she could not get the thought of her head that he was going to do this to someone else. That's so admirable because it would be so easy. You know, she knows he's not going to do this to her again. She's not going to be fooled by him again. No, she's doing this for other people, other victims. Yeah. And like, and like, I don't know how, like, I don't want to make her out to be selfish, but like, she needs justice yeah, served. Yeah, absolutely. She needs justice served, right? Yes. They need to be some closure. She knows what's happening. Like, I, I don't blame, like, this is... Mm-mm. She's like, she's doing all of the heavy lifting for this, right? Yes. All of the heavy lifting of her own case, like the justice system failed her, or there was some tricky paziki things, which we'll get to. So <laughs> let, let, me, let me let you continue. I know. She called it the criminal system. She said, I don't even call it the justice system. I call it the criminal yes. system because it's set up <laughs> to protect criminals instead of to protect, yes. you know, the victims. But she did go to, I guess she went to trial uh, for this civil case and she said that his wife was there at the at the trial, and she just glared at her, you know, sort of to say, you know, you're ruining our lives. It was just yeah. very intense. And she said, I just thought, oh, you're so stupid. You know, <laughs> she's so she's so outspoken. You know, she does not mess yeah, she words. doesn't play around. Homegirl does not play no, around. She just thought, oh, you are so stupid. So all of this controversy, you know, the civil suit and all of the other things, you know, the, the DNA on the chapstick and all of that puts more pressure on him. So he says, okay, I will agree to a third blood test. And he goes to the lab, uh, to a lab and has his blood drawn. This time they're like, okay, we're doing this right. We're not going to mess this up. They put the, they record the whole thing on video. So, and you can watch this. You can, if you, watch the uh, forensic files episode um, that's on this. I think it's called, um, oh man, bad blood. I think it's called bad blood. Mm. If you watch the forensic files episode, you can actually literally see him 
sitting there and the, the lab technician drying the blood. Mm, it's very eerie to watch this. So yeah. the lab technician uh, tries to draw the blood out of his finger and he says, Oh no, 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 I, I can't, you can't draw it on my finger. Um, I have this weird, you know, like there's some disease. And if you draw it on my finger, it's going to bruise my hand. So I need you to take it out of my arm. So then he starts rolling up his shirt sleeve and he extends his arm out. And then she inserts the needle into sort of like the um, AC antecubital area. Mm-hmm. The first time she draws back on, you know, she pulls, she puts the needle in there and then puts the little tube on. Um, nothing comes out. So she's like, well, that's weird. So she tries again. Then some blood comes out. So she's like, oh, okay, here we go. So then you you see her. And this is, again, it's not a reenactment. It's the real video that they that they took when they were like, we're going to video this whole thing. She's standing there holding the blood. And she looks at it. And she looks up at the, at the, the person, I guess, videoing or whatever. And she says, it's weird, but... It sort of seems, I don't know, maybe old. <laughs> she actually says that. Yeah. yeah. She just took it's it out crazy. of his arm. It's crazy that she says that during like the actual blood draw, right? Like, and this is someone, by the way, like if you know anything about someone who works there, like at a hospital who's a phlebotomist, who's a lab technician, they draw hundreds mm-hmm. of vials a day. So if they tell you this looks funky, they know what they're talking oh, about. Oh, yeah. And they know what degraded blood looks like, don't they? Exactly. Because <laughs> how many times have you gotten that phone call? And you're right. like, dude, get it. And they're like, oh, I'm sorry. It was too degraded. And you're like, I sent that as soon as I drew it. What are you doing down there? <laughs> <laughs> but she just took it out of his arm. And she's literally looking at it going, this is weird. And, and I, you know, you know her mind, in her mind, she must be thinking, this can't be possible. I just drew it out of his arm. Exactly. Exactly. It's fresh blood, but... I don't know. It looks weird. If you, you know, again, if you're watching this and it's a, some fictional movie, you'd be thinking, this, what is stupid? This is so dumb. Right. You re- like, I, you're so right to Because <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't believe this. I'd say this is some crazy Stephen King yeah. BS. I would not, be- I would not believe it. I would not believe it. <laughs> no, it's dumb. It's so crazy. This does <laughs> not happen in real life. And yet it did. So the test test results, of course, you know, this is the lab phone call at 3 a.m. going, I'm so sorry, but the sample is too degraded for testing. You'll have to redraw it. And you're like, dead gammon, it hurt. So Candace is furious. Candace is like. She's, (sighs) yeah, she's like, this is insane. No, how could you do this? What in the world? This was our last chance. And no, but the thing is, if I was Ken, if I was Candace, I'd I'd feel the same way. Mm-hmm. Like every single time they do his blood, something goes yep. wrong, right? She gets a PI to st- steal his <laughs> chapstick, and she gets it. But every single time they do, I know it, she's like, "What is wrong with <laughs> she's these like, people?" I get, I I jumped her all these hoops. I pay a private investigator. They get chapstick for crying out loud, and are able <laughs> to get a DNA match. And you've had three chances to get blood samples for him, and you can't get a match. So and like the funniest thing that she said, she was like, "You know what? I'd punch him right in the face to get some <laughs> I blood." Know. She's like, I'd punch him right in the face and take his blood. She, I believe it too, man. Do not cross Candace. I love yeah, Candace is. She's the real deal, man. I love this lady. <laughs> so, in 1997, okay, the original assault or happened happened in 92. No, five years ago. Yeah. His wife reports 
So remember the woman who's sitting there at the trial glaring at her, you know, how dare you ruin our lives. Now, in 1997, she reports to police that her 13-year-old daughter had accused him of sneaking into her room at night for years and giving her some sort of injection. And so I get, I mean, this is sort of what I envision happening based on the, the story is that the 13 year old, 13 year old daughter comes to her mom and says, you know, he's been coming to my room and he gives me this medicine. So she starts investigating and starts snooping around and looking into his office and looking everywhere where he may be, you know, hiding something. And he finds a box or she finds a box, um, full of different sedatives, condoms, um, that sort of thing in his own home office. And in that box, among other drugs, was Versed. Now, why would you need Versed at your house? And why would you be giving it to your 13 year Of course daughter? not, yeah. Just, there's... And wait, wait I'm sorry. Um, it was his daughter, right? Like, it's not his it stepchild? It is his stepdaughter. Now, that was her oh, okay. daughter from a previous marriage. And so, that was okay. his stepdaughter. Not that it matters, but... but it doesn't... Yeah. But, like, that's... Yeah. Still, he's, like, why are you giving a child versus? He's no less a piece of garbage. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah he's, absolutely, he's trash. He's trash. Mm-hmm. She's a she's a child. She's a minor. Like it makes, yeah. Like you think you can't hate this guy anymore, and you're like, yeah, I hate him even a little bit more. It just it's just horrible. And his wife, of course, she's devastated, and she blamed herself for not believing that he could do something like that. So you can imagine yeah. she was furious before and she was, you know, glaring at the woman. I think that there were some accounts that said that she called her a slut in the media. She was mad. She looked at, she looked at her the way everybody else was looking at her. Like you're nobody. You are talking about my husband who is a physician, who is this prominent figure how dare you? You're just trying to get money or you're trying to get attention or whatever. And she just didn't believe her. And now she's completely devastated. And what is she supposed to do? I mean, I, I kind of don't blame her for not believing, you know, I, I don't know. I just, it's kind of, it's a difficult situation. And I don't, I don't want to just be so hard on her because I, I don't know that, you know, that she could have known or what the, what the circumstances were, but it did say, that it had gone on for a few years. It wasn't like this is a one-time thing. Yeah. Like, what can you? I mean, I mean, do you believe that that she didn't know or? Oh no, I believe she didn't yeah. know. Wait, did you say that it was a one-time no, thing? No, like, it that wasn't did... a one-time thing. She. Oh yeah. Said that it had gone yeah. on for years. He had been doing this for years, and her daughter exactly. finally okay, got good. the courage to tell her. Just. Yeah. And this is something that is very common for sexual abuse victims to especially if it's a parent figure is to let this go on for for some time for months or years because they it's very confusing to them and they don't it's it's very confusing because you know in the light of day when everything is sort of normal this person is a father or father figure and so there's that whole aspect of being very confused of the two different and so and then, and then they put blame. A lot of times, the victims will put blame on themselves. They think they somehow they're it's their fault, um, and they're they're ashamed of it. And so, it's not at all unusual for um, a, a victim like this to for this to go on for years, and then finally, just somehow find the strength 
to go to someone and tell them? Yeah. Um, I think just from both like the daughter and Candace, the difference between like, yeah, like the whole town was against Candace, mm-hmm. but like from the beginning, just like Tina said, her parents had her back. And then the daughter, obviously um, um, her, her mom had her back. I feel like the difference between just when you have at least one person, at least someone that's close to you, that's in your corner, that believes you, that is rooting for you, that is helping you through the process, it can make a lot of this doable. Not easier, because this can't be easy for anyone, but definitely doable. It's just, it's so important that we believe these people yes. when they come out and they tell these stories. Um, it's, it, I mean, living through the situation and then coming out, like, yeah, for Candace, it was rough, but like, you have to think for this, for for his child, for the for the daughter. Yeah. She's 16. How old 13. is she? 13. And it had been happening for years before that. Right. Like, it's crazy. Like, the, like, the fear she must have felt, mm-hmm. like she's the the, da- the doctor is giving her meds every night. She doesn't know what's going mm-hmm. on. This is a scary, really scary thing. So, like, I mean, the ladies in this in this story um, this week are just like top notch. You know, like great. Yes, absolutely, so strong, and um, it's just it's devastating. He uh, clearly, this is something that has it's. You know, this sort of thing is not something that just happens at the time and that that just injures during the assault. It's something that causes such emotional trauma that it lives exactly. with the, the the victim for the pretty much the rest of their lives. There's not it even right. if you can get past it with therapy or just yeah, this is lifelong therapy forever. necessary. Like I mean, this is li- your life. It's, mm-hmm. it's- yeah, like so damaged. How do you trust anyone anymore after exactly. that? Like as a child, like how do you trust any human being after going through that as a kid? You just you just can't. Mm-hmm. You just can't. It's like yeah. So now that this has happened, now that there is obviously a second victim, the police are saying, well, I guess they had enough evidence to get a warrant, and they said, well, now we have a warrant. Before, he was voluntary, voluntarily giving up his DNA, giving up his blood. So he had more control over how they took it. And he had to say, uh, or he could say, um, no, I don't want you to take it my, from my finger. I'd rather you take it from my, the, you know, the bend of my arm. And so <laughs> now they're saying, well, we have a warrant. Therefore, we can take it any way we want. So they took, mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. they took hair, saliva, and blood. From his finger. Not his arm. Not his arm. So let your arm bruise. Let your arm yeah. bruise, you liar. You can, bruise, you can bruise all you want. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you crazy disease. <laughs> they didn't brief. even name it, but it's, right? I guess he could, figured he could say whatever he wanted to, you know, and they, they don't know. They don't. But the DNA testing came back a match on all those samples from Candace's rape kit from 1992. So Candace, needless yeah. to say, she's not, she's not surprised, of course. But she's of very course, relieved. But she's relieved. Yes. Yeah. This is huge. Yes, it's huge for her. Right. And I'm so I was so happy when this happened. I was so so happy. I was so happy. Um so he was convicted for um what he did to the daughter, right? There was no like argument about that because I because I know like the focus of the forensic case mm-hmm. was on Candace, right. but like he was convicted for what he did to the minor, to his stepdaughter. I right? think so. Hmm. That's a good question now that you say that, but I mean, this was a clear cut. This was a clear cut. He mm. did it. Finally, we've got the evidence. But everybody's and... so baffled, Q. Like, okay, I get it. It's 
he definitely, this is him. We took his blood. We took his hair sample. We took three different forms of DNA. It matches the rape kit. He definitely did it. But what yes. about the other three uh, times that failed? Yeah, failed to test. What happened? That's the question. <laughs> this is unbelievable. But it turns out that he had surgically implanted a tube into his left antecubital area vein and put another. This is insane. I can't even like he put another patient's blood into a tube and in, and then surgically inserted that tube into his arm. Sort of like a fake vein, if you will, right under the AC so that when any phlebotomist or anyone trying to draw blood, they're going to go right there. It's a large vein looking thing right under the skin, right at the AC. So if he holds that arm out, what are they going to do? Going to go right in that area, right in that, that yes. vein. So every time they were drawing blood, they're drawing out a completely different person's blood it, that was not his. Yeah, Tina, this was crazy when I heard this. I was like, this is insane. This is so insane. Like, I, I could not believe it. <laughs> like, how did he do that on his own? I mean, he has to. Ha- he had to have had help, right? He would Like, think. you can't do that on your own. But they did say he had a really bad scar that he didn't want anyone to see. Right. And, like, when you see it on the video, it does look very intense and mm-hmm. very visible. So, like, if you do watch the video on this, you'll notice that he's always wearing, like, long sleeve with a sweater type situation. Yeah. Um, but it looks very, like, amateur. But at the same time, there I don't know if it's possible to implant your own tube in your own arm. But even h- however he did it, it's crazy that he did it. But this was just mind-boggling to me. I was like, this is this is unreal. This is a storybook. This is some fiction. Like, this is insane. Well, you know his brother is a cardiothoracic surgeon. Mm. <laughs> I don't want to say no, that, no. but I'm saying just something. Just saying. <laughs> right? Just saying. Not accusing anybody of anything, because I wouldn't want to do that here on Good Nurse Vendors, but just <laughs> And he was he was defending his brother right up until right from the yeah, get. He, I don't know that he ever yeah. didn't defend him. Um, he was always saying, "Oh, he would never do this. He why would it? Why would he? Why would he assault someone with two nurses right outside the door? You know that sort of thing." So, um, of course, that you know that last time that they tried to, that third time that they tried to draw the blood. And, and it was too old to test. Well, that's because it had been in there for like five years. So the blood was, <laughs> that sounds like full <laughs> phlebotomy, like dang phlebotomy. You done waited five years to turn that blood in. <laughs> 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 the lab calls up sounds, and like, that's like, too, <laughs> it's too old. <laughs> how is it even fluid? I don't even know how it was even like. Right. Like that, that, that sounds like an average day at work. Five years. <laughs> Um, it's just a little no, bit yeah, yeah. too. <laughs> it's a little bit too late. No, but I'm so I'm like very surprised that it lasted in there. Like I don't know what kind of it's just yeah. It's crazy that it that lasted really in his I body know. for that long. I did not understand that at all. I don't get it. Right. But whatever. Maybe I, I I I can't even imagine how that happened. But somehow they did draw it out, and it was. Even though it looked old, it was they were able to test it, but it, it does seem odd. Um, he, after this happened, crazy, but he claimed he was he still claimed he was innocent. Of course he did. 
Oh, so don't they always? His big story. His big story is that um, he had to implant the tube because <laughs> he well he didn't have any proof <laughs> that he hadn't assaulted her, and so he was afraid he would be. He would be convicted. No one would believe him. So that's why he implanted the tube. And of course, she broke into his house and stole a used condom that she used to frame him. That is just insane. Insane. Like in the membrane. Like this is crazy talk. <laughs> crazy talk. I, I, you, I, mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess you got to come up with something, right? Any excuse that starts out with, I needed to implant the tube. Yeah, that's a lie. That's <laughs> Whatever's coming after that is a lie. That's just, right. there's no reason for you to implant the tube. I know, you just want to go, yeah. you might want to stop talking right now. Because you, exactly. you sound that's... so dumb. So he was convicted of rape and obstruction of justice. And he, he was sentenced to only six years. Um, that almost makes me wonder. Because sentenced to six years, that's not very long for... Two uh, victims. So I wonder, exactly. now that you asked that, I'm kind of wondering, was he? And why not? Because there was all this evidence. Well, why would he not have? Right? And why would he only get six years? That's not long enough, I don't think. I, I don't know what the laws are in Canada, but I do know I do know for a fact that, uh, that compared to other countries, uh, Americans' um, time prison time, prison sentences are much, much longer than most um, Western countries. But uh, And I'm okay I, with just, that with things like this. Uh, there's other things that I just want to just absolutely, oh, it infuriates yeah, me. I'm right, just like, exactly. this is ridiculous. Yeah, Why are we right? keeping these people locked up? And But yet yeah. sometimes people walk free who who do things do like crazy that. Things. I don't know. It just it makes yeah. sense. It's very inconsistent. This is very frustrating to me. I don't think he should have been able to get out. He only he only served two thirds of the sentence of the six years, so he didn't even right. he's out. Do the six, yeah, he didn't do the six. Um, and just on top of that, it was a minimum security yeah. prison. It's not like, it, and I don't know if that's like the the Hilton of prisons, but I mean, he raped two people, and one of them was a child that he did over and right. over and over and over again. Exactly. Like I, like there has to be multiple counts for the thing that he did to his He's daughter. A so it's like he is a monster. So, so they did revoke his medical license, and so when he was uh, released from prison, he had to get a job as a laborer in Regina, which is the capital of Saskatchewan. Mm. Um, and then while he was working there. He had beca- he had applied for citizenship after this all started. I think it was 1993 that he actually applied. And on the application, he didn't disclose that he was under investigation for rape. And so because I guess they went back and were reviewing everything and they said, oh, you didn't disclose that you were under investigation for the sexual assault. We're revoking your citizenship. So... He's no longer a Canadian citizen, and they deport him back to the province, in, well, to a province in South Africa where his family is living, mm-hmm. to a city called Durban, which is actually, I was looking that up, so I, anytime I get a chance to look up a kind of like a foreign place like that, I'm like, oh, it looks beautiful. Um, <laughs> so I, it is gorgeous, beautiful. It's right up there on the yes. eastern coast. It's like an amusement park, and... I think the were the Olympics there or something or something. 
The World Cup was in the South World Africa, Cup. I think in 2000, 2012 okay. or 2016, one of the two, but they were the World Cup, um, the Men's World okay. Cup, not the Women's, the Men's World Cup was in South Africa. And so they did a lot of, like, I guess, renovations and, and that sort of, I don't know, whatever, yeah, but the beaches exactly. are beautiful, the city <clears throat> is beautiful, and that's where he got to go after he was deported, so rough life, huh? He moved back in with right. mom. After serving two-thirds of his six-year prison sentence? Yeah, and he, according to an article that I read, he is has been working as a caterer, or working for a catering company. I guess he learned some skills, some chef skills or something while he was in prison, <laughs> and he says he's been in intensive therapy, and he claims he's learned from his crimes, and that he will... He, he says he will have to live with the nightmare of what he's done for the rest of his life. I mean, I guess if he came out of that and then he, he, he if he was legitimately taking the therapy, I, I don't ever want to, I don't ever want to say that someone can't be rehabilitated because I, I have no business saying that someone, you know, that's them. But th- to yeah. me, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't have to bear the consequences of what you did you know exactly. exactly but he does say that after going through all the therapy that he now understands what you know the devastation that he caused and that that weighs heavily on him he says that he has not agreed to take any money for any book deals or movie deals and his reasoning and again this is all coming from him but he says that if he can't see a way that it's going to help the victims, that he's not going to do it. So he, I guess so far he hasn't. So that's, so that's the thing that I was like, I was always so like, do we, like if you're making a movie or so a book about this situation, you have to get his okay or the victims. Okay. Well, they have made, like, movies. it sounds like they made a movie called I accuse. Uh, it was, a, it was in Canada that they made this movie and it was from the, it was from Candace's point of view. Oh, okay. So I don't think they necessarily have to get his permission, but I'm sure they would love to get, you know, an exclusive inter- like his, interview, you know, his, makes sense. you know, makes his sense. point of yeah, view, yeah, his, yeah, yeah. but, he says he won't. He won't do that. He won't do it. <clears throat> yeah. Um. So this is one of them stories. Like I feel like I don't know if like so the other stories at the end of the story we were like yeah I, I'm almost 100 percent sure he did it but this is like one of them stories you, you know for a fact like 1000 percent like he went to jail he's admitted to right. it and all this stuff um that he's done it and he sent um he was he went to jail for it not a lot of time but he spent some time in yeah. jail um. I don't know if it makes anyone feel better, but I do. I like the closure of knowing that they're in jail yeah. for the crime that they committed. Obviously, I think you and I probably agree that maybe the six years wasn't enough, but that's also a subjective thing. Who's to say what's six years versus 10 years versus 12 years? Who knows what the right number is, but I'm happy everyone knows that he did do it and he has admitted to well, it. Well, he, he did lose his medical license. He did. Exactly. He, he, he obviously wanted to stay in Canada. He was not allowed to stay in Canada. He had to go back to South Africa for whatever reason. South Africa. He wanted to, he wanted to be there instead of Canada, or he wanted to be in Canada mm-hmm. instead of there. So 
yeah. he he hasn't exactly, I guess, had the life he wanted, you know, to have since all this happened. So at least there's that. He's had that. Exactly. Exactly. So I guess that's the the bad story for this week. That is the bad story. And it, Mr. Shasher And it did sort of have a, a I mean, it, it's, the, his victims are going to have lifelong uh, consequences. Trauma. Trauma yeah. consequences. And hopefully they will get help. I, I feel like Candace is so strong. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can't. And like, it's hard to judge by just like, but like at the same time, she is a fighter. Yeah. A fighter. Right. She is a fighter. He picked the and wrong role to pick on for sure. I really, I really do suggest to all of all of the podcasters, everyone that's listening, please just like, yeah, we told you the story <laughs> and we told you how we felt, but if you could just Google it and just see this lady, mm-hmm. like she means business. Yeah. I just love her from the second she was on screen, <laughs> like the whole thing. I was just like, there's something about Candace. <laughs> I agree. I agree. She's wonderful, and I, I really, really, um, really feel for the poor little. 13 year old girl i hope that she got really oh, yeah. good intensive therapy and um you know this that she was 13 back you know in the mid 90s so when, exactly she would be an adult now so um hopefully she's doing well and we wish them well um so i guess we can move on to a more uplifting lighthearted, <laughs> positive story yeah Exactly. And doctors really are, physicians are, for the vast majority, are wonderful people who do wonderful, amazing things all the time. So, yep. you know, just because we, I scour the internet and find, find <laughs> the one piece of crap that's, you know, decided to do something horrible, for every one of those, there are so many wonderful, wonderful, wonderful doctors doing amazing yes. things. So this story is about the CNN hero. It was the 2018 hero of the year. And it's a doctor. And it says, is the doctor with a big heart, Dr. Ricardo Punchong. Yep. And so he was in Peru, in Lima, Peru. And says he treated many children who traveled there with their parents from rural parts of the country. Um, and I love this story um, just because... Like, like I know when I was in um, nursing school, a big part of our like, um, like healthcare in the community class or whatever that leadership class was was, <laughs> I don't know what the name of the class was, but it was like very like community based healthcare, right? We talked a ton, a ton, a ton, a ton about the disparities between pe- patients or people that live in urban centers versus rural yes. centers, and people that live in urban centers, there's big humongous hospitals sometimes they're you know it's it just huge hospitals all close by yes. right if you call 911 the ambulance is going to be there in five minutes you'll get to all of these things you'll have the care you'll um nearby you even if you're not able to pay for it the issue with, with people in the rural areas they aren't that many hospitals no. they aren't that many healthcare facilities so you call 911 if you're in an emergency hopefully they get there in time and that's here in the states like so you have to think about it in peru where it is crazy i mean like the difference between like peru like the city city versus out in the rurals like this doctor was going out of his way to take care of those patients and this was during his time as like while he was getting his 
doctors, like uh, getting a license as a doctor, going through med school. Right. So I think what, yeah, what what he did was just, I love it. I just, I love it. I love it. I love it. Because these are the people who need it the most. And these patients would travel miles and miles on these dangerous journeys through these crazy mountains and all of these crazy things to come get the health care that they needed. A lot of times they couldn't afford well, it. Well, yeah, and then they couldn't go and, back home. You know, they have to stay right there. So they're, they exactly. end up curling up on the floor to sleep. They didn't, they can't get a hotel. You know, it's not like they don't have the money. So I love it. Like, I love these stories. I really do. Yeah. I really do. And, and, and like you said, like, yeah, these, this is what, this is an example of a good doctor. I mean, this is an example of what doctors do, right? Yes. They, they help people who are in need. Not Mr. Mr. Dr. John over here, sneaky paziki, giving people right. first set for no reason. Like, this is, this is a doc. This is a real doctor who does yeah. what most most doctors do, and that's helping people and seeing a need and trying to to fill the need and not, you know, take advantage of people at the most neediest times. Yes, exactly. What what he has done, this um, Doctor Punchong, is to provide free housing, meals, and support for sick children and their families while they're there at the hospital undergoing treatment and so far away from their homes. Yeah. So they, I guess they selected like 10 hero finalists for this award and then voter online voters voted which one they, they felt like deserved it. And this is, he's the one and I can understand why he's the one that they, they chose to be the CNN 2018 hero of the year. This is a big deal. I mean, it's a really big deal. It's he's helped more than 800 families he the the shelter is a nonprofit called in, in, Inspira, and like I said, he's helped more than eight hundred families. He founded it in two thousand eight, and he said it was it's designed to make the children feel at home and provide a safe space for kids to be kids. That's yeah, wonderful. Well, because he won he got this award, he's going to actually receive a hundred thousand dollars for his cause. That's the best thing ever. That's the best thing. All of they they nominated ten heroes and all of them are going to get ten thousand dollars, but he gets a hundred thousand. And it's 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 the best. He's going to have more housing, more money yeah. to help more people um, to stay while they're getting the healthcare that they need. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he said we can start building a new shelter with that money, and he said they will be able to actually triple the the amount amount of people that they're able to help. That's huge. He was so thankful. So I'm um, just really proud of him and such a nice story and uplifting um, after, you know, all the, all the darkness. Exactly. <laughs> so I guess uh, that sort of ends it for our, this episode. Yes, it does. What do you think? It was a pretty good one. I, I, I love them. I love these episodes. I really do. And I, and I like the closure of our bad story. <laughs> that makes me very happy. And I guess before we go, can you remind everybody where they can see Q the Nurse? Oh, yeah. So you can find me, Q the Nurse, on Facebook, on YouTube, on Instagram, all of the social. Just type in Q, just the letter Q, the nurse. Um, and you can find me, all my videos, all that fun stuff. Uh, and yeah, I'll catch you guys later. Awesome. Awesome. And also, I want to let you know that um, you guys, we somehow... We make it onto some lists every now and then where it's like the top whatever podcast. And I don't know if you got this email. I got an email saying that we were selected. Good Nurse, Bad Nurse was selected uh, for the top, the 18 best nursing podcasts 
of all time. Oh, do you think, Tina? On this website. And so uh, when you go to this um, website, it's like um, com, And I guess, I'm not sure exactly what, I want to say it is a um, malpractice insurance type um <laughs> okay so anyway they kind of recognize us but i also wanted to tell you q did you not did you not know this what the five funniest nursing so they have different lists on this website so there's like the three best medical podcasts for nurses the three best nursing podcasts for career advice real talks or wait hold on three best nursing student podcasts the best podcast for new nurses, Brainway, or blah, blah, blah. Hold on. So the three best nursing podcasts. But, so they've kind of broken them up. So it's 18 podcasts. And yeah. they broke them up by categories. And one of the categories is the five funniest nursing podcasts. And... Ooh. Wait, that, they gave you the funniest... Wait, that's so... Who's judging these podcasts? <laughs> wait, What? <laughs> Wait, have they just been listening to my, like, when I come and join you? I guess that's crazy. They did give us, that's the category. <laughs> they did make it. Are you I'm serious? Like, okay, thanks, I guess. That this... uh, you know, right, I'll take any compliment, but that's crazy. So, it is, that was our category. <laughs> It's so funny, these lists, we we end up on all these lists, and I'm just like, I'm very flattered. I mean, just the fact that they, you know, they pick us out of all the nursing podcasts, but but the five ner- funniest, you, you aren't aware of this, apparently, but they sent me an email about it to be like, hey, we just want to let you know, we chose you as one of our top 18 of all time. So the five... That's amazing. Good for Well, you. I'm telling you, wait wait just a second, Q, because the five funniest nursing podcasts are Nursing Uncensored, which Adrian from Nursing Uncensored came on Good Nurse, Bad Nurse, and I went on there. So we, we've we collaborated a little bit. The second one, before, you know, Good Nurse, Bad Nurse is a little bit down on the list on the five. The second one after Nursing Uncensored is Q the Nurse. Oh, oh my god wait are you serious Tina? i'm absolutely serious it says i had no idea it says cue the nurse listen on player fm spotify youtube and it says because yeah. they put like a little why you'll love it kind of thing and they little yeah. explanation it says cue the nurse is hosted by swardik q mayanja and profiles good for you tina by the way very good at pronouncing my name <laughs> thank you and profiles well, thanks because that really was on the spot i was like hold on i hope i'm gonna say this right <laughs> <laughs> and profiles what the life and career of a male nurse is really like cue the nurse is funny and light with episodes like patient bites off nurse's ear and <laughs> and, and kanye needs a nurse <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness it says note it looks like he's been focusing most of his energy on his youtube account lately so we recommend that you check out his podcast first and then move over to his youtube channel to see all the new content he's pulling out he's putting out. wait i have to say thank you to these folks i had no idea <laughs> yep <laughs> but I, I still can't believe you're on the same list i, I know but i'm down below you <laughs> i'm down below you i'm way down it I'm, I'm like on the i'm like uh, four out of five and then good nurse, bad nurse. 
I don't even want to read the description. I'm like, y'all are back in the day on this because this is like last year. <laughs> they've got like my host from, <laughs> they've got my host from like when I first started. Y'all, come on. And I have way more than that downloads now, but I'm just saying, whatever. <laughs> I'm just kidding. This is terrible. I shouldn't have all that one. Wait, so, wait, see that they they think your your podcast is a comedy. That is, I do get a little goofy sometimes. <laughs> That's just so funny to me. Though. That's so. Funny. I don't know what they listen to. I'm like, wait, wait. Could you just tell me what's the um, what's the 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 name of the website? Oh, you said Burks. Early, okay, it's spelled B E R L I X. Yeah, cool beans. Thank you. It's Berkshire, oh, that was a good laugh. Yeah, Berkshire Hathaway Specialty Insurance. Oh, okay. Which I mean, we're, we're pretty much doing what they intended by doing that. And that's us talking about them on our podcast. <laughs> exactly. 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 <laughs> that's okay. That's fine. So I guess we're ready to sign off. Yeah. So you said where you can find you. And of course, you guys know you can find me. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. Barely on Twitter, but a little bit. And goodnursebadnurse.com is our website of course and you can go on our website and get merchandise and you can listen to the episodes on there and give us some feedback of course and also want to remind you guys that even if you're a bad girl or a bad boy right Q? right be a good nurse yes <laughs>